All right, everybody, you know what time it is. The Real Talk Sports Show is coming up right now. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Jonathan Simmons. We thank you for joining us here on this live broadcast as we broadcast to you on multiple platforms, including we're back on the radio. We're on WIGO 1570. It's now called Legendary WIGO Pace Setter 1570 AM, but it's the IGO that you guys know that I broadcasted on for many, many years. And we're glad that we're back now doing the audio as well as live streaming on YouTube, Facebook. Twitter TV, Twitch, and also on Roku. That's right. We're on your TV. Uh, go to Tiki Live and look for Phoenix Entertainment Group, and we are broadcasting live on their channel right here and right now. Well, you know, guys, every time we come on this show, I like to bring one of the most beautiful women in sports talk, radio, or TV into the building, and we just simply call her the queen, the one and only. Tree Dolman is back in the building. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. How are you? Doing all right. How are you doing? Well, praise the Lord. Doing good. Well, guys, you know, we normally bring in a champion uh, as well, but uh, this week uh, our two-time Super Bowl winner and Hall of Famer, Mr. Tyrone Poole, will not be with us, and we hope to have him back with us next week as well. So big shout-out to Tyrone, and uh, like I said, again, hopefully he'll be with us back next week. But, Tree, a lot of, as always, a big weekend, and I know that um, uh, you've been suppressing the big smile, but I know I'm going to see it later on this broadcast. <laughs> as we move into the football <laughs> because the Detroit Lions won on the weekend. I know you're excited. That's right. We got our first win of the season. First win of the season. We're talking a little bit about that and uh, lots of good stuff in the NFL. Hopefully D Orlando Ledbetter will join us in our final segments. We know we'd like to talk about the Falcons as well as some great, you know, some big stuff in the NFL, big comebacks, big shockers. Like I said, we're going to talk about our Falcons to close the segment. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll join us. He's actually still in Seattle. He actually went the team. I don't know if you know, but the team actually stayed out in the West Coast. And D-Led, since he's embedded with the team, is out there in Seattle. So he's hanging out there. So hopefully with the time change, he'll still be able to uh, uh, to join us later on in the broadcast. But like I said, lots of big stuff going on in the world of sports. We're going to talk about our hot topic. We're going to get into um, the question, do we have enough security at sports events we had a situation tree where um in a professional football game we had a star player from the cardinals kyler murray do what we see guys do all the time pop into the stands you know trying to get some love from his fans and all of a sudden uh he was actually struck slapped in the face by another uh, i guess an opposing fan uh your thoughts on First of all, players, you know, their protection and so forth as they go into the stands. And, you know, so they have more protections that players maybe think about not going into the stands anymore. Well, I mean, first of all, that's just horrible that a fan slapped him. That's just ridiculous. You should never, ever, ever put your hands on someone else. And um, anytime that you go into the stands, 
unfortunately, that is a risk because there are tons of security on the field and fans aren't able to get on the field. So that's where your protection is. Once you go up into these stands, that is where you lose your protection. And um, it's unfortunate that that happened, but that is something that players will need to think about. Hopefully that will not continue to happen. But again, the security is on the field. That's where it's really safe. So anytime that you jump into the stands, unfortunately, you're taking that risk. But I don't think I've ever heard of this happening before. This is horrible. Should never, ever happen. Yeah, me neither. Never, never since I can remember. I mean, I mean, we've certainly seen situations in basketball games in the NBA where fans have, you know, either grabbed a player or thrown something. We remember a few years back the big brouhaha with the with World Meta Peace. I think someone threw a Coke or something at him, and then it was only popping in. But it really, I've not actually seen a player get struck going into the um, into the stands. So yeah, I guess your point is well taken. You know, you're gonna have to. I think players are going to have to rethink the whole idea of going into uh, the stand. And like I said, this is not – I guess what I'm concerned about is just the overall safety in general. You know, we've moved into a time – it's like people are – I don't know whether they're just, you know, still post-COVID, you know, out of the house acting crazy. But I even saw a report that in Gwinnett County, they actually had to stop a man who was trying to get into a game with his wife had a firearm. I'm thinking to myself, I mean, what you we can't have pistol into a high school football game. And of course we've oh, had a high school game. Yeah, high school game, Gwinnett County. Yeah, stopped the guys. I saw the headlines. I was kind of, you know, getting ready to do the show. Yeah, but a guy evidently had to be stopped. He was carrying a pistola along with his wife at the game. And of course, unfortunately, uh, I've I've been at high school games only maybe one or two and then heard of, you know, places where the stadium or the gym actually had to be emptied in a, in case of a basketball game. In the football game a couple of years ago, we, we had a similar incident where a, a huge fight broke out. So not sure what's wrong with people, not sure what the situation is, but um, and really not sure what you can really do. Because like you said, they do have good security on the field. That much I do know. Correct. Yeah, not playing around. As a matter of fact, I saw how good security was. Uh, in the Falcons Super Bowl year, uh, the NFL... Not matter of fact, I think it was after maybe after they won the Super Bowl. The NFL uh, really had heightened up their um, protection, and so one of the things they do is they do a sweep. I don't know if a lot of people don't know this, but they actually do a sweep for potential small nuclear weapons entering into the stadium. And so I'm down on the field, and um, the guys are doing their sweep, and all of a sudden I heard the sound of a of one of those Geiger counters, <laughs> click, click. And they walked by me all of a sudden. I, I heard it start to click even louder. And next thing you know, I was surrounded by two or three officers asking me, sir, what do you have in your pocket? I was like, what? I don't have anything. They said, sir, we have to, I mean, I, I mean, they were like, like real close to the preacher. Like, okay, you're going to have to go in your pocket. And when they ran that Geiger count, it started clicking like crazy. And it was scary. And finally, the officer said to me, he says, hey, have you gotten any type of uh, test lately, like for your heart or anything like that, where they had to do the dye test? And I said, oh, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I mean, my mind's going crazy. And all right. of a sudden it hit me. Yeah. 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 I said, yeah, I did. And all of a sudden, the, the whole tension just relaxed. The officer looked at the other guy and he said, he's all right. He said, okay, sir. He said, um, yeah, he said, evidently, he said, well, we found out with the late Craig Sager, 
after his cancer treatments, evidently he set off in the same way. And they found out that that isotope, it stays in your body. And, and, but, but it was amazing that the Geiger counter could actually be that sensitive to pick up that, which I was excited about because I said to myself, praise the Lord. Yeah. We, we don't have any kind of, you know, because that's, that's a concern that, you know, that they, because you know, we've seen the movie, you know, they did a movie about the Super Bowl possibly being blown up or attacked by, uh, by terrorists. So, but yes, I, I firsthand can tell you folks, whatever you thinking when you go to a game, if you get on the field, yeah, you, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah, and rightfully so. Like I said, the uh, you got the full uh, folks out there. All right. Second thing is, is that uh, it didn't wrap up necessarily this weekend. But talk to us about the WNBA. We have a champion that has been crowned. We do. But before we talk about the WNBA, while we're yes. still on current events, I do want to say that yesterday I watched Queen Elizabeth II's funeral, and may she rest in peace. And something that really touched my heart was when I saw, first of all, oh my goodness, I don't know if anybody watched, but did you see that crown and all of the diamonds on that beautiful purple crown? And just, I mean, everything was just beautiful. It was beautiful. But her her scepter, I have one. And I've always loved and appreciated my scepter. I I won this when I won the pageant and got my crown and and got this instead of flowers, which I love. But when I was looking at the queen's scepter, it just made me appreciate this one so much more, which I, again, I already appreciated, but it just added another layer of appreciation because this is very beautiful. And my crown was actually part of a um, design from one of Queen Elizabeth's crowns. And I'm assuming our scepters also. So a lot of the things that I have was from Queen Elizabeth. So I just want to say that and may she rest in peace, the longest reigning female in our history, reigning 70 years. And and that's really incredible. And this, and this, we really, of course, not so much me. I know everybody thinks I'm, you know, mega old, but at the end of the day, in terms of history, it really was amazing watching this young lady, you know, go from this 14 year old princess who was trying to calm all the youth of Britain uh, during World War II and then uh, suddenly have to take the monarchy, I think at age 22 or 23. 25. Right. And then the, the unbelievable thing while this is going on, this spectacular love story or the love of her life, this young, dashing, uh, young officer that was willing to stand by her side uh, as she took on this mantle and stayed with her until he passed recently, I guess a year or two ago. And of course, uh, her just passing just now. So yeah, just an unbelievable 70 year reign. They mentioned how many countries that were originally under Britain's rule that, you know, became free under her, you know, under her reign and, and how Britain stayed in contact with them and stayed with family relationships. So yeah, I mean, this woman, I think she spent, I think they said was 15 US presidents or something like that. A lot. Right. <laughs> it's a lot in 70 years. She's all that many people have known. But I did just want to say that now I will go to the WNBA. So, yes, we have a new champion in the Las Vegas Aces. This is the first time in franchise history that they have won a WNBA championship. 
The Las Vegas Aces won three games to one. Connecticut won the first game on their own home turf. And then the Las Vegas Aces came and they blew it out of the water. So they are now champions. And I am so happy for them, the coach, for Aja Wilson and the rest of the team. They play very hard. So congratulations to the Las Vegas Aces on your first, because I do believe there will be many more in the future championship. Yeah, incredible. Uh, like you say again, every time I see uh, young Miss uh, Asia do her thing. It just takes me back to six or seven years ago. We had a great opportunity, as I mentioned on the show before, to interview her. She was uh, the Naismith Award winner for the National High School Basketball Player of the Year. And she was such um, she was such a pleasure to interview. I also got a chance to interview her parents. But I could tell just by her demeanor and the way she carried herself, she was always ready. She already was ready for prime time. She just had that, that ease in front of the camera, a uh, no- uh, fear at all and uh, just the way she acquit herself very very humble and certainly uh, talking to her parents I think her dad at the time was a deacon uh, in the church and you could just tell that they that she had they'd done it the right way it was all about great play on the field but of course uh, you know uh, having that focus on the Lord off the field as well so yeah just great stuff good to see that and if I on the court right <laughs> I'm just laughing you could tell you you always think about football and baseball when you say on the field on the field court sorry about that yeah my bad no you're good <laughs> but yeah just great to see that and now if i'm not mistaken at one point uh, a good friend of both of us actually a closer friend than you was rusha brown part of the, the 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 aces at one point or still is she was okay that's what i thought okay yeah. when they first moved perfect yep yes that is correct yeah i saw her pop up with some congrats on uh on instagram as well so yeah big shout out uh, to the Aces, big shout out to Asia, big shout out to Rusha, uh, who was involved at kind of at the very beginning with them. And uh, yeah, to just the ladies, ladies in the house, big stuff going on and really a banner year for the WNBA. So we look forward to seeing more uh, from them as they continue to kind of grow the brand. Big shout out before we go to the break, uh, the Braves, and they're taking it down to the wire tree. They've now got it within one game of the NL East lead. And tonight, if they win, they actually will clinch a playoff berth. Now, of course, the Braves want to do more than just, you know, get into the playoffs. They want to kind of secure that Eastern crown. But big shout out to them. Uh, they are balling out. They're at home now where they have one of the best records in Major League Baseball. So we look forward to seeing the great stuff that the Bravos are going to do in postseason. Yes, we are. Well, speaking of shout outs, we're going to take a break. We're going to give a shout out to our sponsor. And when we come back, Tree, we have uh, a wonderful community outreach we're going to talk about a little bit with one of our favorite high schools, Jonesboro High School. But you got to keep it locked right here on the Real Talk Sports Show if you want to find out more. All right, we'll be back. The day has arrived. It's time to let more people know about your business. You have the right marketing plan and the messaging in place. But do you have the right messenger? Good advertising and promotions need a professional sound so the message can be clearly understood. Don't leave your brand image to chance. Let our team of voiceover experts at CME lend you a hand. Give us a call at 678-304-8121 to find out how we can partner with you to give your business its voice. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? Well, check out Allen Vigil Ford Lincoln in Morrow, Georgia. We have one of the largest inventories in our area for both new and pre-owned vehicles, so we're sure to have something for everyone. Family-owned and operated since 1982, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. 
Come see our full lineup of vehicles and find the one that best fits you. Give us a call today, 678-726-5739, or shop us 24-7 online at allenvigilford.net. All right, guys, we're back here. Welcome, 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 and welcome again to the Real Talk Sports Show. Hopefully you guys are tuning in everywhere and enjoying the broadcast. And again, we're very excited to uh, continue on here as we broadcast to you from all kinds of different platforms. But again, uh, big shout out to, again, being back on WIGO 1570, Atlanta's Incredible Radio. Well, community outreach today, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, the folks from the Jonesboro Marching Band. They've been invited to go out to Mississippi for Battle of the Bands. And I don't know if you know Tree, but they are one of the best bands in the land. Uh, they, Every time I go to a Jonesboro game, they have, I think, about a 125-piece band that comes out at high school. Can you believe it? That's pretty awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, so they do a great job. Uh, they have traveled on the road before. I think they went into the Orange Bowl or the Rose Bowl a few years ago, and we uh, saw them in their send-off on uh, the high school as they were getting on the bus to travel out. And I think I have Jacob that's going to join us here from – Jones, bro, I'm going to see. I see him somewhere in the background here backstage. Uh, Jacob, uh, are you there? Let's see if I can pop him on screen here. Let's see. Yes, I'm here. All right, sir. Well, you you are here, but for some reason, I can't see you. All right, we're waiting for Jacob to... And while we're doing that, I'm going to do a mic check, a tree... How's my mic shining? Wait, people. You can you need to mute the show. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. All right, we're going to take a little reboot, guys. We're going to try to get Jacob back on the screen. We'll be back with more of the Real Talk Sports Show in just a moment. All right, well, we're going to let Jacob kind of get reset. Um, the bottom line is, is that, again, uh, Jonesboro's marching band tree is getting ready to go out to Mississippi, uh, where they'll be doing a battle of the band. But they're, they're trying to do a little fundraiser. They actually want to have all supporters of, of Jonesboro High School to support them because they want to, They don't want to go down there empty-handed. So let's see if we can get Jacob. I see him back in the screen. Let's see if I can pop him on here. And he disappeared. <laughs> okay. But there we go. Uh, due to the uh, modern technology, Jacob has went to the Matrix. He gone. But anyway, uh, and let's put, try one more time. I see him backstage again. Let's see if we can add him to the stream. All right, Jacob. Are oh, you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Da, 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 da. Jacob is in the building. All right, sir. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Welcome. We appreciate you. We have the lovely queen, Miss Tree Dolman here. You can see her. And of course, myself. Tell everybody, I mean, this big thing that you guys are doing first, why you're going on to Mississippi and what you're going to bring with you. So one, this Sunday, we are going to Jackson, Mississippi to 
participate in one of the Battle of the Bands they are hosting there for Jackson State University. But all, while we're going to Mississippi, we're also doing a water drive for the Mississippi water crisis that's happening. Because if you did not know, Jackson, Mississippi is having a water failure. Like their infrastructure with their water is not working right. So we're going, to, we've taken it upon ourselves that we're going to donate water in cases of water to everybody that we're there with. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, when, when are you guys actually available to start accepting water? When uh, Can you do it immediately and tell people where they need to bring the water? So we're immediately taking the water now. You can donate water. You can donate water cases, cash app, cash. We're taking anything just so we can also get all this water to Jackson, Mississippi. You can actually put the water cases at Jonesboro High School near the band room. And we can also take in donations at, at our cash app at JHS Band. Once again, capital JHS Band. Let me see if I can put that on the screen for you. Here's JHS Band. That's for your cash app. But you said we actually can bring the donations to the school itself. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's put it up here. And one more time, it's uh, what's the cash app again? Cash tag JHS Band. JHS B A N D. Okay, let's go ahead and put that up right here so everybody can see it. There's guys, there's a cash app JHS Band. Uh, please, if you can support that, we are going to do everything we can to get some. Uh, some water to you guys. Uh, one of the things that we do uh, is that all of our our sponsors, we always take a percentage and give some back to the school. But in addition to that, we're going to bring some water down. Uh, we'll bring several cases to represent ourselves. Uh, Allen Vigil Ford, who is our premier sponsor, and WIGO fifteen seventy. We'll also hit you with a donation as well. All right, we really, really appreciate. It. Well, listen, how excited are you guys getting ready to go down to Mississippi now? If I'm not mistaken, didn't you guys actually? Um, get to a bowl game a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, well, about this upcoming battle, yes, we're super excited. This is not saying this is the farthest we've ever went, but this is a new set of people and bands that we're going against. So it's a new experience for everybody. And with new experiences, it's always, it's always fun to anticipate. So we're really anticipating. We're really, really waiting just to go down there and see what's everything that's going to go on just be ready for this battle. Tree, what questions do you have for these young men? They get ready to head down to Jackson, Mississippi. Well, first I would like to say, I am loving what you all are doing, that you're not just going for the battle of the bands, but you're also thinking about the people of Mississippi and giving back while you're there. What, what better way to go in Mississippi? And I think that because your hearts are in the right place. And plus I hear about the great music that you guys play. I'm pretty sure you guys are going to do very well and probably come back with the championship. But um, what, what led and what started this initiative with you guys deciding to put this together for Mississippi? How did it come about? So one thing with Jonesboro, we're always about community. We always love to give back. We always love to be an active participant in our community. So the fact that we're going down to a community in crisis and in, with something in need and what they need is water, something that we we have plenty of, we can all we can donate. We can we don't just have to go down there just for that battle of the bands. That's it's kind of a selfish way of looking at it. You can also do something so good for everybody else while you're going down there. So that's why we decided we're going to do a water drive for all of them. Love it. It's all about community. And 
please tell us what what instrument do you play? So I am the head drum major. And I used to play percussion, but yes, I went to a drum major. And this is my senior year. And this is my last year. This is my last year of being a drum major. Okay. So I, I love Drumline. I've watched the movie Drumline. I can't tell you how many times. I know every single word. How how high do you guys get your knees to your chest? Oh, they're going to be up there all the time. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's definitely exciting uh, to hear what you guys are doing. And, and and like Tree said, the fact that you guys are taking the time uh, to say, listen, it's not about us, but we want to go out and help some people while we're there. Uh, that's just incredible uh, that you guys would take that kind of position. Now, you mentioned you guys always are trying to do something like that. Has that been the tradition at Jonesboro? Do, do you know, like, kind of the history behind that or just like each class that comes in? That's kind of what you guys do. Yeah, it's kind of something that we always do. We're always going to give back to the community. Every year, we're going to get do something to give back to the community. Listen, man, again, we appreciate what you're doing. I know you're excited about the trip. And, uh, again, what's, the, what's the, the genesis of the trip you're going down to Mississippi for? Is it a bowl game, or what's what's going on down there? Uh, it's just a battle of the bands that's happening at J that Jackson State University is hosting. So that's okay. Now, will there be an actual football game, or is this going to be flat out, just we're going to have some bands and get down? Flat out bands and getting down. Yes, sir. Wow. We, uh, I know you guys got to be excited. Now, um, one last thing before we let you guys go. Kind of how many bands are involved and, like, how many states are going to be represented? Um, if I'm not mistaken, around 12, thir 13, 12 bands, and just spread around so, like, you have people. Bands in Jackson, bands from Georgia, Tennessee, all, all around the place. They're all coming to Jackson to participate in this Battle of the Bands. That's true. Doesn't that sound incredible? I mean, what what a what an honor for these young guys, huh? That is an honor, and, and even more so what they're doing to give back to Mississippi. Yeah, and, and isn't it great to see that these guys are starting off at such an early age? I mean, sometimes it takes you a little bit, sometimes even to adulthood, uh, to really start having that community sense. But isn't it great to see these guys already in high school kind of grabbing on to that? <laughs> it is. It is. The, we're blessed to be a blessing to other people, and it's great that everybody, even even young kids, have hearts to give back. And, and so it's really awesome to see our high schoolers doing it and with a great purpose. And then also going out there to win the battle of the bands. That's, that's a... I mean, I love, I've been to a lot of battles of the bands, competitions, and I love each and every one. It's it's never a dull moment. Well, no doubt. And uh, I'm going to try to put some more clips up. I got a couple of clips of them on uh, on Instagram. We'll try to get some more out there, get so you guys can see uh, literally. Now, you guys, were, we had a little showdown there against another band that's pretty good, different Forest Park for their homecoming. You guys were... It was like uh, even during the game, you look like some of you guys are practicing the Battle of the Bands right then and there. Every Friday is a Battle of the Bands against whoever's across that field. Woo! I See, love Trey, it. <laughs> he said we're ready every Friday, but yeah, it was really it was really unbelievable because uh, Forest Park themselves uh, giving them a shout out. They have a tremendous band as well, and it seems like every time these two play, it's like we they, literally tree. I'm telling you, literal. Like even during the game, like like who can play the loudest, who can get their beats in, who can do the most flips uh, from the chillers. Yeah, it's incredible. So great game, uh, which uh, 
Jones World won in a shutout, a very rare shutout over Forest Park. I think it was 34 to nothing was the final score. So, again, congratulations to you guys. May the Lord bless you guys with a safe trip. And certainly we're going to come down with some water for you to take with you and some donations as well. Thank you. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, one more time. There's a cash app. You can see it scrolling around underneath. It is JHS Band. Again, JHS Band is the cash app. If you guys want to send donations, please, ma'am, please, sir, do so. Otherwise, just go on Google and look up Jonesboro High School for the address, and you can bring the water in personally, and they are accepting it. Uh, literally, you know, obviously, you got to do it during school hours. Don't drop it off after hours, but during school hours, come on down, and uh, they would love to receive whatever gift you have. Jacob, man, listen, man, we, again, we appreciate you. God bless you, and look forward to having you guys come back with a report on how you turned out the Battle of the Bands. Yes, sir. Tree, uh, good stuff. Definitely. I mean, that really touches my heart. You're going down there for a great purpose to compete in the Battle of the Bands, and then you also have a great purpose to give water to the needy. I mean, wow. Yeah, just uh, sensational to see that. And again, we look forward to you know hearing the report when they come back because I know there's going to be some great stuff. First of all, we might be able to get some video of them, you know, kind of interacting with some of the people down in Jackson because I know the folks who really need that. It's can't really get into it here, folks, but it really is a shame that in this country, such a great country, that we still have these types of problems. It's like it was just last yesterday we we're talking about another great American city, Flint, Michigan, you know, going through the same stuff. So, um, how and why this happens, we don't know. It's above our pay grade, but uh, hopefully and prayerfully, uh, we can get some folks in uh, our various offices that can really kind of, you know, get a hold of this problem. But one problem we don't have is talking sports here in our show, and we're going to talk more sports, but you got to keep it locked right here for more of the Real Talk Sports Show. We'll be right back. Did you know that Allen Vigil Ford in Morrow, Georgia also has Lincoln? Over 35 years of using the Vigil Touch to provide excellent customer service, works hand-in-hand -hand with the Lincoln Motor Company to provide a luxurious and seamless way to acquire your next luxury vehicle. Lincoln has an array of full-service complimentary owner benefits. These benefits include hospitality partnerships, service pickup and delivery, all which can be accessed through the Lincoln Way app. You can even contact the 24-7 concierge to have someone assist you. Come and see our great inventory of new and pre-owned Lincolns today. Call 678-364-7345 to make an appointment with one of our brand champions or shop 24-7 online at allenvigillincoln.net. This is OJ Howard with Real Talk Sports. What's up, guys? This is Tim Tebow. You're listening to Real Talk Sports. This is Charles Woodson. Let me grab the mic. You ready? This is Charles Woodson with Real Talk Sports. Hey, it's your boy JB Smooth with Real Talk Sports. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. Oh, there we go. We're back. Uh, Always one of my favorite little interludes right there. <laughs> that was my man, J.B. Smooth. And again, uh, we were fortunate to catch up with all those guys you saw there when they had the uh, college football championships here in Atlanta a few years ago. Well, speaking of Atlanta tree, uh, things are not going too well down the road in a place called the Flats. Legendary home of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, the Jackets are in trouble. <laughs> to say the least. Got shut out against Ole Miss. 
at home. Uh, I could hear the booze even listening to the game during halftime. So things are really not going too good for the Jackets, but we got a guy that covers them all the time from GoJackets.com. Our good buddy Rod McKenzie is back in the building. Rod, welcome back, sir. Hey, glad to be back. Good to see you, Trey. Jonathan. Good to see you, Rod. Well, uh, sir, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, where do we start, right? <laughs> Basically, uh, first of all, give, give us a little synopsis of what you saw there at the game. Uh, kind of how to unfold it for the Jackets and how it seemed to get kind of out of hand. Yeah, they Georgia Tech's been having problems, uh, you know, on the first couple of series of the games on defense. Uh, even Coastal Carolina came down and, you know, scored a couple times. Uh, everyone knew coming into the game that uh, Ole Miss was going to run the ball. You know, one of the best backs in the country in Zach Evans, a uh, couple of backups that could start for most teams around the country. You know, big offensive line, and uh, you know, the the Georgia Tech players said they were prepared. They knew everything they were going to do. They uh, didn't see anything they weren't prepared for. Yet, you know, here we go. You know, it was it was a uh, a bum rush. You know, and uh, you know, little things like not staying in your gap, not getting lined up fast enough, getting off your block. You know, a lot of a lot of fundamental stuff when you play an up-tempo offense, and we even had one of the defensive players say that he didn't feel like the team was mentally ready, Which, and he used the analogy that if you're not mentally ready, the body's not going to follow. Tree, what do you think about that That whole idea about not mentally being ready for the game? I mean, have you, have you ever been around anything like that? I mean, because normally I know you, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the moment. What do you think? Well, I've always been ready. I've, I've never had a game that I wasn't ready for, but I know I'm, I'm a different type of athlete. But unfortunately, yes, I have been around players who were not mentally ready for games. Sometimes that happens when you think that you're better than an opponent and you don't really take that game seriously. But in this case, I definitely don't think that was the mentality of the Yellow Jackets. But um, it, it, it starts – all with the mental because I always say whether you think you can or you think you can't either way you're right and sometimes if you step on that field and you already think that the team is better than you you've already lost the game yeah I'm just I'm kind of shocked Rod um it, just hearing you say that kind of makes me wonder now the next question how hot is the seat under Jeff Collins the head coach uh, I think it's, it's as hot as it's going to get. And I think, uh, the writing's on the wall and, you know, um, we've talked to a lot of different people. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that goes out there and says, you need to fire this guy. You need to fire that guy. But, uh, uh, you know, the phrase has been used this week, dead man walking. And, um, you know, um, it, it's just a matter of, of uh, we're, we're being told it's not a matter of uh, if, but when, you know, and, and uh, unfortunately, you know, th those things happen in this industry and uh, you, you can't take it personally, but if, if you don't produce, I mean, you know, three straight, three win seasons. And now, uh, you know, I think the fans, the fans knew that Ole Miss was a better team, same as they knew that Clemson was a better team. But they expected 
the game to be more competitive than it was. And, you know, there's a lot of blame to throw around. It doesn't rest with the players. It doesn't rest just with the coaches. So, you know, everybody has to be held accountable. And, um, you know, that's why we're, we're at where we're at. You know, Jeff had his press conference today. Uh, he stepped up like a man, answered all the questions. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, everyone pretty much thinks it's a foregone conclusion that, uh, you know, something's going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough situation. Um, I'm sure for everybody there, uh, it's very disappointing because you did kind of think that when this whole regime started, uh, especially with all the big marketing hype, the uniform, the uni reveals were blown up over on social media, the hype videos by the, by some of the assistant coaches, but uh, outside of a couple of games where I hadn't seemed to really have translated on the field, um, what, what do you think are, are some of the reasons why we haven't been able to see any consistency from the tech team on the field itself? You know, that's, that's the strange thing, and we were talking about that earlier today. You go to practice, you watch them practice, you see some good athletes out there, you see the, the coaches coaching them up, and they, you talk to them during the week, and that they feel pretty good about where they are. Uh, they feel like they've put together some good game plans, yet when they get out there on the field for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't translate to the field. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to see what happens, you know, when, when they, if, and when they do make that change. Uh, we got some comments and questions from social media. Our good buddy Todd says, uh, Coach Collins laughed today when asked if Jeff Sims would be benched. And then, of course, Todd is always looking to get rid of somebody. He says, how does Coach Collins still have a job? Coach Keys. Well, well, first of all, you know, why would you single out Jeff Sims? There's 22 guys on the field. Uh, he can't get it done by himself. He has to have the players around him. And when, in the same breath, Todd says, you know, why does Coach Keys still have a job? Well, if he thinks that, you know, Jeff Sims isn't having a chance to throw the ball because the offensive line is not protecting him. So it's either one way or the other, Todd, you know, and, uh, you know, um, it's, it's a young offensive line. Only one guy has starting experience on that offensive line. Uh, people forget about that. So, uh, you know, patience is not a the buzzword these days. And, uh, you know, fans want to win. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him win, you know, and there's, there's no doubt about that, but you know, reality sets in and you have to do something about what's happening. Well, I tell you one thing that I'm sure Tree would suggest to you. She would say, Hey, you better get some guys in that D line, put some pressure <laughs> on the, on some of the, uh, on some of the offenses, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I look at the team. I mean, you, it just seems like you have such an outstanding player in Jeff Sims, a guy that, uh, you know, does quite well. Of course, you know, to me, one of the big losses when, when they lost uh, Jameer Gibbs and he went to the University of Alabama, I thought that if he had come back, the, the offense for the Jackets would have been much more dynamic. So I guess that's the next question, too. What what kind of has been – have you heard any reason why – of course, I know they got rid of some of the coaches, players in the transfer portal. Is there just a feeling that the program is not going to get there from here? Or what kind of – what's the vibe you're getting? Well, I, you know, until the Mississippi game, uh, the vibe was pretty good, you know. 
they they competed with Clemson until you know Charlie Thomas got kicked out of the game and the, and the two block punts. Uh, they came back, beat Western Carolina, and everyone thought, well, hey, maybe we're going to see them compete against Ole Miss. And you know, to to me, Ole Miss was a better team than Clemson from what I saw, and they that offensive line really opened up some holes. But they were helped a little bit by you know the defensive linemen not staying in their gaps. And when you when you're not disciplined and you don't carry out your assignment and try to do someone else's job, uh, some big holes are going to exist. And we saw a bunch of that. You know, uh, you know they rushed for five touchdowns, and uh, you know some of those holes, Jonathan, you and I probably could have run through. Uh, Rod, you you might have been able to run through, but uh, you know, I think <laughs> I think I might have had a little situation. Yeah, so I'll leave the run to you, bro. I can't. I can't get it like that anymore. Yeah, they were probably tackling the preacher real quick. Yeah, look, I'm man, with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a shame that uh, that they couldn't seem to undo. We look at the rushing attack. I'm gonna give you some of the stats here, which you already knew. Uh, Zach Evans, 18 carries for 134 yards on the ground, seven and a half yards a carry. Uh, Quaishon Junkins, 19 carries for 98 yards, and Jason uh, Jackson Dart. 10 carries for 40 yards. So those three guys there uh, accumulated almost 300 yards on the ground between the three players. So, uh, yeah, I don't – yeah, I'm, I'm just really not sure what they can do. Tree, any questions or comments for Rod while we have him on here about this oh, terrible situation down in the flats? Well, I guess a question that I have, which is something that I'm just thinking about. We all know, like you said, that in college, if you do not – produce wins. And I don't even want to just say college because it happens in sports, but we really know in college, <laughs> if you do not win, you are out the door. Do you think that after the Mississippi game, because you did say that before the Mississippi game, there was hope and, and things were going well after the game against Mississippi, everybody's just like, okay, dead man walking. Do you think that they're probably going to see one more game or see what happens next before making a decision? Or do you think that they're already making the decision? And like you said, it's just a matter of when they're going to announce that. I think they, they have an idea of what they want to do. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll see Jeff coaching against UCF this coming Saturday. Uh, Down the road, a couple games, you have a bye week. Uh, if, if in fact they want to make a change, that would be the perfect time to name an interim coach, make all the changes that you need to make in that transition during that week. And, you know, just get together with the players and say, you know, this is the way we're going to do things, uh, so on and so forth. But, you know, uh, the, when you, when you looked at the schedule before the year and you saw Clemson, UCF and Ole Miss in three of the first four games, I'm not sure what the expectation should have been for uh, everybody at Georgia Tech, but you should have at least had good expectations that that the team would be competitive, even if they lost a couple of those games. Let's go back here to social media. Vincent Turner, Mr. Football, he does a show called 100 Yards of Football on Facebook, almost 20,000 followers. He said, I like Coach Collins. Uh, what about Deion Sanders being the next coach? Well, that's an interesting. Yeah, I, I think Deion next year is going to be coaching about ten different schools. Uh, <laughs> every time a a uh, 
Coach Enochian comes up. He's the first name that's mentioned. He's the fashionable guy to be talking about. And, you know, he's he's done a good job at Jackson. Yeah. You got to give him credit, even even recruiting, you know, bringing in some guys that I'm sure some of these uh, power five schools would have liked to have had on their on their squad. So, uh, you know, money's an issue at Georgia Tech when it comes to how much can they pay a head coach. Um, I'm not sure if if Dion would fall into the category that Georgia Tech is looking at financially wise, you know, Hey, I would love to have him around. You know, that would be great. You know, as a media member, boy, that would be the best. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you right now, but he's a walking soundbite. I mean, I was telling uh, Tree and some other people, I need to congratulate Coach Sanders because, Rod, as you know, on social media, you get a chance to repost, uh, you know, other people's videos and so forth. So we wrote, we posted just an 18-second clip from his uh, SWAC press conference, and it became the first viral video we ever had on TikTok. We're now at two million views uh of coach sanders so yeah we prime time we appreciate you all right one more time to social media rob before we let you go todd is saying today he heard that uh coach was saying we got one more week to get it done in the pressure and um he said was that a slip up he said it seemed like maybe like he knows that if he doesn't win this week he's probably like you said out the door yeah todd i i think that that you know even though he doesn't stay on on social media i mean you can't help but know what's going on because he's getting flooded with emails. Todd Stansbury's getting flooded with emails. Uh, parents are talking about it. The players know about it. If you don't know about it, you, you must have your head buried in the sand somewhere. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, he, he's, he's coaching for his job right now. That's a, wow. that's a, that's a situation there. I mean, that's, it's, it's gotta be tough. Um, Tree, have you ever been around a situation where the coach got to the point where maybe players and other staff members knew that, hey, they probably going to be here too much longer? Thankfully, I, I have not in the sense of being an athlete. I, I haven't dealt with that, but um, I'm pretty sure that when that does happen, that the locker room is just awkward and practices are awkward. I, I would assume because as he mentioned, everybody knows if you don't know, your head is in the sand. And um, so that's just a very difficult situation, I'm sure, to be in with the players and even the other coaching staff, because think about it, the head coach is the one who hires their team. And so if he's fired, that means that a new coach is coming in. And that means that the other coaches their jobs aren't guaranteed either. So the new coach may keep some of them or the new coach may get rid of all of them and bring in his own guys. So it's not just the head coach. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a very awkward and difficult situation to be in. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, coaches with families, you know, and and I I think from what we're hearing and I'm not sure about the entire staff, but I know there are coaches on the staff now that, that have, you know, multiple year contracts. And I think, that was part of the negotiations, probably knowing the situation when they came in. Mm, well, that's good to hear because, as you said, a lot of coaches they move their families here and new locations, new schools. It's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, and you know, from from my end of things, you know, you you form relationships with these guys and you you want to see them succeed. You know, and it's it's just it's. Uh, 
it's a tough feeling all the way around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like I said, again, we were very excited when Coach Collins came to town. I got a chance to meet him early on uh, because that was the year they had the Super Bowl here with the Rams and saw him at the uh, at the big uh, fan fest. And, I mean, and look, all the marketing stuff they've done. And even, you know, I guess the thing that is, is the most difficult is after having watched – that game they put against North Carolina, right? I guess we did last year, year before last, uh, inside the dome tree they played against a, uh, a a very good North Carolina team. I think North Carolina came into the game, I think, ranked in the top 20 or in the top 25 in the nation. And the energy in the building and the performance that the Yellow Jackets put on, I said, okay, we got some here to turn the corner. They, they got it. They've shown up for prime time. It was just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. And it seems like really after that, I've not seen that type of performance on a whole game from the Jackets since then. No, it's, you know, you haven't seen the consistency, and that game teased everybody, you know, about what they could do, you know. And when you don't see it afterwards, you, you have to say, you know, why? We, we've asked players. They don't have an answer. We've asked coaches. They don't have an answer. It's just one of those things that, uh, you know, people react different ways to different situations. So. Uh, you know, let, let's hope that uh, they can come out this week down in Orlando against a team that's going to go up tempo again, a team that's going to run the ball again. So they're they're not going to face anything new. They're going to face something that they dealt with last week, and it's going to be a matter of you know, did they learn from what they faced last week? Well, hopefully they did. Uh, hopefully they can uh, find a way to improve. I said Jeff Collins is. The, I mean. He seemed like a nice guy. I mean, uh, so you hate to see somebody lose their job. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, if they don't win, it's going to be a um, – they might say, okay, tell you what, we got a charter for you on another flight. <laughs> go, go ahead and let you hit the road. But hope not uh, for his sake. Because, uh, like I said, again, I think a lot of us that, that do this, especially people who are fans, I think that they forget. Uh, and Tree likes to remind us a lot of time on this show, there's a human element involved. Okay, this idea that, okay, you want to fire somebody, you want to see them lose their job. And I get it. These guys have golden parachutes, so they're not like, like going to go and be living on the street. But it's still from the assistant coaches, like Tree mentioned. I mean, you know, these guys are moving their families. They're moving their kids, going to new schools. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, you're gone. So, um, again, we don't, we you know, for their sake, we certainly don't want to see, you know, the, everything kind of end in this way. But right now, I think if the Jackets can't perform – uh, they're going to have to do something. Yeah, you have you have figure seven or eight on-field coaches, not including the the rest of the staff that you know just moved here the first of the year, so they they haven't even been here a full year, you know. So, um, you know, you got your kids in school, all that kind of thing, you know. And and when you're a young kid, you know, you're you're just get forming friendships you know at school and then all of a sudden dad comes home and says hey we have to move again and that's that's tough well look man you know before any of our guests leave we also want to make sure people can find out more about them where they can follow them on social media and website so mr rob mckenzie the floor is yours ga panther is my uh social media or rod mckenzie and we're at gojackets.com uh we're part of the 247 network, and, uh, you know, we invite everyone to come in. We we have some great 
inside information. We have some good relationships and connections. So come on over and see us. There you go, guys. Check him out. Gojax.com. You'll see it scrolling right across the screen there. Gojax.com. Our good buddy, Rob McKenzie. Rob, we appreciate you, man, and uh, look forward to having you back on again real soon. Looking forward to it. Good being with you all. All right. God bless. Hi, Rob. Bye-bye. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a tough situation. But, you know, I told you, Tree, well, I didn't tell you, but I told a lot of people at the time, the previous coach, there was a lot of people wanted to see him go because they didn't like his style of play. He played a high school offense. Uh, he wasn't, I think, too user-friendly with the boosters. So everybody wanted him gone. But I said, hey, man, the, the guy has done nothing. He said he had, I think, nine seasons Seven of them are winning seasons. Four of them, you had them in the top 25. And two of them, you had them in the top 15. And one year, you had them in the top 10 in the nation. And one year, they lost by just two points to Florida State with Jameis Winston, okay, who Wither went on uh, to play in the college football championship and win. So I was like, I don't care if he's playing like Mickey Mouse. He somehow got to, I mean, seriously. I mean, okay, whatever he's doing is working, but to right. them, I guess it wasn't because they wanted a championship. Well, and, and, here, and here's the thing sometimes it is keep tree that people just, yeah, it's like sometimes your expectations, you just, you have to kind of bring them back. He spoiled them. You know why? Because he did something that a lot of Georgia Tech uh, coaches over the years had not been able to do. He beat what? Georgia. Ooh. When they had Mark Rick and Georgia was winning nine and ten games every year, he beat Georgia twice. Matter of fact, one of the games, Kirby's first year, they beat Georgia in a thriller in Georgia. That's won- impressive. That right. is impressive. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I mean, hey, now, now again, Kirby wasn't the Kirby is today, but still to go up into Athens, hostile crowd. Yeah. You got the game on the line, 30 seconds to go, yeah. and you score a touchdown to win the game. Yeah. And, and, and as he pointed out in his press conferences, everybody talks about, rightfully so, the dominance of the SEC. Well, in his coaching career, I think he was 5-2 and two or 4-2 and two against the SEC, including beating an SEC team twice in bowl games. Oh, that's pretty good. So I was telling people, I said, look here, man, I mean, I get it. Yes, I, I go to cover some of the games sometimes, treat it was just like, it was like watching water run. I mean, it was just like hand off here, hand off here. But the thing was is that every now and then, because of the fact they did a lot of misdirections and trickery, you all of a sudden would see a guy, it was like the, the team missed him because they kind of hit the ball and actually he was going down the field for like a long touchdown run. So to me, I was like, okay, yeah, I know a lot of it's boring, but, you know, he had three times when he was at that school where they averaged over 30 points a game for the season. Now, I don't know about you, that's not that boring. He's going a lot of points. So anyway, all that being said, uh, the Jackets are probably going to be looking for a new coach. Um, I don't know where they're going to find him at, but that's it. Okay, here we go. Um, all right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put this up here. Todd. It's Todd. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll pop up here. Todd says he likes Rod, but he's a homer for Jeff Collins. And then, of course, Todd always gets the best out of people. It says that Rod just blocked him on Twitter. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's official. He has now got, and tell you, and listen, Todd, let you know, 
for you to have Rod to block you, bro, you're doing you're doing a lot because Rod is really a low key guy. I mean, very very nice. <sighs> okay, well he's been blocked. All right, well guys, don't block us because we have to go to a commercial break. We'll be more back with more of the Real Talk Sports Show in just a minute. Don't go anywhere, please. Appreciate you. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? Well, check out Allen Vigil Ford Lincoln in Morrow, Georgia. We have one of the largest inventories in our area for both new and pre-owned vehicles, so we're sure to have something for everyone. Family-owned and operated since 1982, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. Come see our full lineup of vehicles and find the one that best fits you. Give us a call today, 678-726-5739, or shop us 24-7 online at allenvigilford.net. This is OJ Howard with Real Talk Sports. What's up, guys? This is Tim Tebow. You're listening to Real Talk Sports. This is Charles Woodson. Let me grab the mic. You ready? This is Charles Woodson with Real Talk Sports. Hey, it's your boy JB Smooth with Real Talk Sports. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm the Minister Jonathan Simmons and the Queen right next to me. Miss Tree Doma's in the building. Tree, uh, uh, we got, we might have to talk to Ty, give him some counseling, because <laughs> he, he get themselves in trouble. All right, here it is. Todd said, Tree, looks like we're buying you some big stuff on your site. The yes! Hey, let's get to it. Yes, I'm glad you said that, Todd, because I was definitely going to say that as well. There you go. <laughs> Well, let, let's get right to it. Um, uh, let's talk about the NFL. And, of course, we talk about the NFL. We want to go around the league. So the first place we go is up to the NFC North, where the team in royal blue and silver is able to say this. Bam! Lions. Oh, oh Lions. Bam! Bam! Put up, I'm going to let you put up there while I spell the Lions correctly. Put up there for us, please. I can change so this. You see it? You see it? We see one it, and one. Look at that big W. Big okay, W. I just to put it really large on the screen for everybody. No, I, I feel you. You go ahead and do that. And now I'll go ahead and so people people don't know. I'll put that score up there real quick here. Let me put it up there. Bam! There it is. Lions 36, Woo! Commanders 27. Yes. And I must say that it is really awesome seeing the way that my Detroit Lions are playing. They play great defense. I mean, hello, still thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you for not drafting Hutchinson. Thank you for leaving him for number two. Thank you. I appreciate you because he showed out and he's doing exactly what I thought he was going to do. Three sacks. And then I love how he did the Michael Jackson move after. I mean, oh, my goodness. I listen. That, that's my team, one pride. And so for all the haters out there that always wants to make fun of me when I'm cheering for my Lions and I'm always saying how I love them and support them, they're like, what? You, a Lion fan? Yes. And no, I'm not getting super excited just because this is our first win, but I'm super excited because of the way we won. And even our loss, I love the way that we played. So I'm excited about what's being done on the field. One pride. 
There it is, boys, right there. And let's let's go ahead so you guys know. Let's go put the stats up here. I'm going to put the stats up so you guys will know. As I told you, the score, final score was Lions 36, Commanders 27. Big stars for the Lions. She just mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks. Okay, Jared Goff, a guy who they get, they make fun of, no problem. Yesterday, he dialed, was dialed in, four touchdowns and no interceptions. And here's a guy, Tree, I'm not familiar with this guy at all. but he's I am. Ball. Talk to me a little bit about this Amon Ray St. Brown. He's got the Egyptian name in the front, balled out last Listen, night. Listen, St. John always, St. Brown always balls out. Always. He is one of my favorite players. I love watching him since last season. He just, yes. He, St. Brown, always falls out. Yeah, huge numbers, as you can see. Uh, put up 119 receiving yards, but also two touchdowns, but also was very effective on a couple of end runs and jet sweeps. Picked up another 68 yards. The guy come, accumulated almost 200 yards of total offense. Yes, he's the truth. Yeah, definitely ball out in a big way. Lions took care of business. Uh, 36 to 27. Uh, again, big shout out to the Lions. And now, look, they find themselves right in the thick of it in the NFC North. Now, it's only two games. But remember now, the Packers got beat in their opening game. Uh, Bears lost. So everybody's one and one in the scrum. Yes, including my Vikings. And the Lions, are all, everybody's all tied at one and one. So this is, this is old yeah. school NF. This is the old school how the NFC North used to roll. This I used to be always four teams battling it out. Uh, it didn't matter who, you know, came in with the better record or the better thoughts. It is just knockdown, drag out. And uh, now that your Lions have a defensive stud in Hutchinson, Packers got some great defensive players. A guy, from, uh, ironically, from the Michigan Wolverines was Sean Gary, big yeah. star for the Packers. So, yeah, it's going to be old school, bang them up, hardcore NFC North football, which I know, Tree, you like a lot. You know, I do. And let's not forget that next week, my Lions are playing my Vikings. Oh, now, uh, how, now how are you going to how are you going to handle that? Oh, I handle it. I handle it very well because I will never cheer against my Detroit Lions and I will never cheer against my Minnesota Vikings. So I just watch the game and the best team will win that day. And, and that's what we do. So I, I just cheer for both teams because I love both teams. Well, it's got to be Growing a lot up of loving my Detroit Lions all of my life. And then I married one of the greatest Minnesota Vikings and one of the greatest football players to ever play. All and time. of course, I will always represent for my husband and always support and cheer on my husband. And he is a Viking, a Viking for life. And so I'm also a Viking. No doubt. Uh, so now Todd asked the question. Uh, he's already said he's going to buy some stuff on your website. And he said that Falcons passed on this dude, Preacher Hutchinson. No, no, because I think Hutchinson was drafted number two overall, Todd. They couldn't. Yes. I mean, they, they, you know, he was. I mean, everybody knew that he was going to be a top three a draft pick. And the Falcons would have had to leverage a lot of resources to try to get him in. And they just felt yeah. that uh, they just they weren't going to trade up. So, no, they, they didn't have a shot, bro. But Hutchinson's a bad didn't. boy. And right. even if they would have tried to trade up, Detroit Lions were taking him at number two. That's why, again, I thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I still am amazed that he was available at number two. But I'm so happy because he's right where he wants and needs to be. And that's at home in Michigan playing for the Detroit Lions in Ford Field. 
Uh, listen, I mean, the guy is as advertised. Um, he's a stud. Uh, three sacks. I think that is a uh, he tied the rookie record for most number of sacks in his first two games. I think he has a total of four or five now. So yeah, I mean, we, there were some people talking about. Uh, did he have the speed for the NFL game? Could he hold up kind of being almost like more of an inside player? Uh, but yeah, this guy is, um, yeah, he's showing everybody. He's the real deal. Everybody talked about in the bowl games. He didn't do, uh, he didn't make a quote unquote impact against Georgia, but we saw later on that Georgia was one of the dominant teams in the country and Alabama and everybody else had trouble. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to the Lions. For get- and the other thing too, getting a guy that's technically a hometown guy right there from Michigan. You bring him right to Detroit. Already the fan base is hyped and, set to see him so yeah i mean tree the lions are trending upwards well we are but i i do want to just remind you and everybody else because i know again this is our first win of the season but just remember what i said i've been calling this this is number one the lions are going to shock a lot of people this year a lot of people not me because i already know what we have and how great we will be this year but a lot of you people will be shocked. Well, again, there's there's guys, for those of you who play fantasy football, and I'm sure you guys already know these names already, but there they are. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks, four touchdowns, and no interception for Jared Goff. I know a lot of you guys weren't playing him. The guys that did, I know, made some big money. And Amon Ray, St. Brown, the guy with the Egyptian hieroglyphic first name, balling out with almost 200 yards of total offense. And basically, people are saying, that this guy is almost unguardable. This is what people are saying as far as the national press. So Detroit, right. Detroit has basically at least two, excuse me, a third superstar because they have an outstanding defensive back as well. I'm just drawing a blank out here, but a great defensive back as well. That was a pro bowler. So yeah, Detroit now uh, with a fiery coach might be. I love our coach, coach Campbell. Woo. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a blue collar guy, hard nosed guy. Um, no, no, no doubt. Let's go to Todd. He says, I like the Lions tree, but the coach cries too much. Oh, he doesn't. You all. That's because he cares. Yo, man. I, I think that it's beautiful for the players to see how much he cares for them because Detroit has been through a lot. The Lions have been through a lot. And so for the players to see and know that their coach truly believes in them, even when they're losing, but he's pushing them and and letting them know that sometimes he believed in them more than they believed in themselves. That's why you see a lot of these players playing as hard as they do, because they want to play hard for the coach. Great players will play hard. For their coach of course you're playing hard for yourself but you're really gonna go extra hard for your coach so i think that it's good <laughs> bill carcells never cried that's all right we ain't talking about bill carcells baby we're talking about real men cries okay i always tell people i remember i was coming up as a young preacher and i get a little little teary-eyed when i'm bringing my sermon i got delivered because i found a scripture i hadn't seen since i was a little kid because one we always memorized jesus wept I said to myself, if the Lord wept, it's okay for me. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, speaking of the young man, Mr. St. Brown, you got a friend here. And here's a guy right there that does fantasy football. And Tree, he acknowledges the fact that, yeah, he's been a fantasy gem since late last season. He helped me win not one but two championships last yes. year. That's our good buddies, fantasy football, GOAT strategies. Yeah. So, yes. 
I'm telling you, balling out last year. A lot of people were sleeping on him because a lot of people were sleeping on the Lions. But yes, St. Brown, he is the truth. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, speaking of uh, players balling out, uh, we had, for, for we're about to get into the Falcons, but a few Falcons fans have been having a heart attack by the Falcons losing these um, uh, these games. Todd said he cries a lot, especially when we watch the Falcons. Don't worry, bro. You, you're right. We all do that. Don't um, worry, yeah. Todd. The preacher will be crying too. Whoa. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? You, he's, you know you're going to cry once they do not win 10 and 7. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Continue. All right. A couple of things. For those of you who think that the Falcons have went off the rails and blown leads, okay, I'm going to give you a couple of shockers from yesterday. Okay, a guy that many people wanted desperately to be here to be the next Michael Vick, he balled out for the Ravens. I'm talking about number eight, Lamar Jackson, a guy playing for his contract. Listen to these stats, 21 of 29, 318 yards, three touchdowns through the air. And don't forget, he's got wheels, baby. Nine carries for 119 more yards, another touchdown. So he posted up four touchdowns total and almost 450 yards of total offense. But it wasn't enough because the Dolphins Tua Tagalogovi, I think his name, I can't pronounce it right. Tua, the bottom line, woke up out of the slumber and showed why he was the man coming out of Alabama. He put up 469 yards of passing, almost 300 in the fourth quarter, and tied a record that is held by two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Bob Greasy and Dan Marino, as he threw not two, not four, not five, but six touchdown passes, including four of them in the fourth quarter. As the Dolphins came from a 28 to 7 deficit to knock off the Ravens 42 to 38. Now that's how you do it. <laughs> now, another situation. Speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jaguars under their new coach, uh, Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Shut out the Colts 20 foot or nothing. Our old friend Matt Ryan had a dismal day. 16 of 30, 195 yards, not two, but three interceptions that the Colts were blanked. And unfortunately, like his Falcons that he left, Matt Ryan and the Colts, well, actually, I shouldn't say they're 0 2, they're 0 1 and 1. They actually got a tie against the Texans in their first game. So, yeah, I mean, um, just crazy stuff happening. So, Falcons fans don't feel bad. And of course, the very game the Falcons played themselves, the Rams were up 28-3. to I know Falcons fans don't say 28-3 to because it reminds you of the Super Bowl, but the fact the Falcons were down 28-3 to and seemingly, shockingly, were going to shake up the world and come from behind and knock off the Rams as they closed all the way to 31-25 to and had the ball. But, sadly... <laughs> We once again were disappointed as the Falcons go down 31 to 27. Uh, strange play calling in the game. And really, unfortunately, to a guy that we really like quite a bit, Marcus Mariota, good Christian brother. Uh, and these two games, he has done great things as far as making some key first downs. He scored a touchdown the first game with his legs. But his passing, he has been very erratic, to say the least. So I don't know what our Falcons are going to do because uh, he makes errors at the most inopportune time. Let me go ahead and, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> he said, uh, Todd said, the Falcons play hard for coach. It's time for Ritter. Let me put the stats up here for the Falcons really quickly here. <laughs> Todd always throwing that shade, so you guys can take a look at this. But here's where the facts. Marcus Mariota, again, has done 
some good things, but in this particular case, uh, not so good. I'm going to pop these stats up for you. I'm going to take the, the, the queen off the screen for a second. There they are. Okay, there's your stats. Marcus Mariota, 17 to 26, 196 yards. Couldn't even get 200 yards passing. Two touchdowns, but two interceptions. The Falcons, after rushing for over 200 yards last week, came back down to earth. Algiers, 10 for 30. Cordell Patterson, I can't understand, he only had 10 uh, touches, 41 yards. Drake London, the rookie, ball out, eight receptions, 86 yards. Hodge had two receptions, 57 yards. And Kyle Pitt, our stud tight end, only had two receptions for 19 yards. Tree, when you looked at that, I'll pop this up one more time. What was it? What's the thing that strikes you about those numbers? Kyle Pitts. Dot, dot, How can you have an all pro tight end only get two receptions? Two touches. And for that short uh, yardage, that, that definitely stands out to me, and it has to change. It has to change. Yeah, so now the Falcons, I think, did target him five times, and what's not shown there is he was open for a big play where he was held, so they called pass interference. It turned out to be like a 35 or 35-yard play, so had he caught that, obviously the numbers would look better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this team just doesn't seem to be able to execute as clean as they could with, um, you know, as clean as, as clean as they can with Mariota. And everybody says number four is a decoy. <laughs> That's what coach says. He said, now you pick the guy number four overall to be a decoy. Yeah, I mean, look, the only thing I can say is this. Number four is a decoy. No, well, that's, that they, what he was saying is they picked Kyle Pitts number four overall, and the coach was saying, well, we're using for a decoy. And we're thinking, hey, well, if you pick this guy that high, you, right. you're going to be no decoy. Yeah, number four, you need to be the star. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, and, and just, I guess, again, the disappointment is, is that I'm not going to get on Coach Smith only because in watching the game, when they showed the replay, there were times where Pitts and sometimes other players were open and Mariota actually either underthrew or overthrew them. So right now, it's really not a play calling. Anybody think this is Coach Smith's problem? It's not. This is an execution problem. And unfortunately, Marcus Mariota in in two different games has made two plays which he absolutely just can't make. In the first game against New Orleans, Falcons up, I think, was 23 to 10 with the ball inside the Saints 30. First down, keep the play alive. Worst case scenario, you don't get a first down, you kick a field goal. But the one thing, what what don't you do in the other team's red zone or close to the other team's scoring? What don't you do, Tree? You don't turn over the ball. You don't turn the ball over. <laughs> and Mariota says, oh, I didn't. He actually ran for the first down. Then try to get another yard or two. He gets hit and fumbles. He says later, "Up, oh, I I thought I hadn't had the first down yet, so I kept going." But it didn't make a difference. Even if you don't get the first down, you're up by two scores. The only thing you need to do is is to get another field goal to make it up by three scores. Whether you get the first down, that's irrelevant. I know that would have been nice to keep the drive going, but if you don't get the first down, you still get points. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but pretty much you got all pro kicking and you get points. <laughs> Fast forward, Tree, to this week. You have made this momentous comeback. You're down 31 to 25. You have the ball. You got timeouts. You got, you know, a couple of minutes left to go. What don't you want to do at this point? 
You got it. Say it again, Tree. You don't want to. You don't want to turn the ball. Over. Turn the ball over. <laughs> you don't want to turn the ball over, and you have a six-six tight end and a six-foot-five receiver who already had seven catches in the game already. They're on one side of the field. On the other side of the field is an all-pro cornerback with a big mouth by the name of Jalen Ramsey. Now, which direction are you going to throw the ball? Well, yeah, that that throw was just, I was watching like, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you just, not, 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 not granted, there's no question that Ramsey made a heck of a play because if you watch the replay, the Falcon receiver actually was in front of him. But Ramsey jumped over. But that's the thing. Why would you throw the ball towards a Pro Bowl receiver and a Pro Bowl receiver who had been being mocked before the game? So you know he's feeling some kind of way. Well, and you got two guys over there. You have to believe in your players. But you also need to what, – what I've learned from great quarterbacks is when you see the defense, you either throw it to the right, to the left, in front of, behind – because you know your player and you see where defense is going and then you judge it from there. Right. Now everybody can say, well, look, preachers a jump ball. The Falcons receiver was in front. He should have made a better play. Now, throw the ball to your studs. If you're going to throw the ball in traffic, you're going to throw the ball in coverage, you want to get the ball to the guys that you are, you drafted. One guy drafted number four overall. The other guy drafted number eight overall. If you're going to take a shot, say, I'm going to throw in traffic, you want to throw to one of those two guys. That's the problem I have. I don't, I mean, I'm like you. I don't, I, like you said, you got to kind of make the call. We're all professionals. But to me, the problem was is throwing the ball there instead of not throwing it to either Pitts or to London, who was having a phenomenal game. Yeah. That was my problem. So, again, bad decision making. And so, the big question now becomes with our good friend Marcus Mariota, who I like very much, flash on the screen. Should Arthur bench Arthur Smith now bench Mariota in favor for Desmond Richard? Your thoughts, Queen? Should he bring the rookie in now? No, you have you have. This is only game two. You, I understand that there's 17 games and you want as many W's in the column as possible. But how I always tell people, people need to listen. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. So you expect. The rocky starts. You expect everybody starting to try to find them gelling together and find what works for the team. As long as you can finish strong, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you start. How many times have we seen where teams go undefeated all season, get to the Super Bowl, and then they lose? Who cares? I would rather lose a couple of games in the beginning of the season and then continue to play well and then win a Super Bowl as opposed to going undefeated and losing the biggest game. So, yes, we see that they have a loss. It's game two. So, no, I think you work through these things. You correct what you need to correct and give him more of a shot. And then after you've done different things and he's had a chance to prove himself and to correct errors, if you need to make that change, then you make it. Well, uh, that's going to be the big question. Um, at this point, he's going to have to find some way to really – the biggest thing is that he's having a problem with is ball security. Mm-hmm. And ball security at the most, you know, inopportune – it's not only ball security, but making the right play. Even at the end of the game, 
all right, you're trailing, you now have an opportunity to throw the Hail Mary. I don't care what happens. You got to let the ball get out of your hands. As what did you say? Why? Because you have to do what? Let your players try to make a play. Right. To run around and get sacked, not even throw the ball. I was like, what the what? You didn't even give your guys a shot. So this this is my problem. My problem is that Mariota, I don't know whether it's just adrenaline. I don't know whether he's, you know, looking over his shoulder. But the problem is, is that he just is not making smart decisions. And that's disappointing for a guy who's been in the league, you know, for as long as he's admin. So I guess that's where it is for me. I, I guess, I mean, I have to kind of side with you and say, okay, you know what? Give the guy, you know, one more, you know, one more game. But <laughs> I didn't say one more game. You said that. Jesus, <laughs> I ain't saying that. Right. You're trying that. to put that on me. I, I would agree with you. Give the guy one more game. No, that's not what Tree said. <laughs> I, I will say this is interesting, though. I mean, if you look at the Falcons' history, so we're going to go back here and take a look. You talked about the Super Bowl year. I want to say, I know they didn't start off on two. I think they started off like um, they were like 500 or something like that. I think they had kind of a slow start. And, you know, again, they ended up winning down the stretch. I think they went 7-0 and down the stretch or something like that. And they did what they had. Let's take a look. The Falcons uh, actually at one point in the Super Bowl season were 4-3. and They started off out of the box hot. They were four and one, and then they lost two straight games, and they were four and three. And people were thinking, "What on earth is this team going to do?" And they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I mean, not winning the Super Bowl. Excuse me. I was about to say they won the Super Bowl. Okay. No, they didn't do that. No, we, <laughs> yeah, we we were there live for that, not the game. What we year was that this? That was actually 2016. Okay. Yep. And the crazy thing is, the year before they went to Super Bowl, which is maybe a, this is a good harbinger for. Um, for his team and Dan Quinn's first two years, the Falcons did something really weird. They they like lost five games in a row one year, and then they won five games in a row one year. Mm. So this is a team that was very been very, very streaky. So hopefully and prayerfully, uh, that's it. The one thing you can say about the Falcons, though, they do look better. I mean, as a team, they, do. The game, they really do. They do. And I have something for you. Yes. I just want to put this up because we're we're not going to forget about the Falcons here. So Oh, and two with this start. So I just want to put that up. As I told you, I will show you every week so we can see if you get to your 10 and seven. We'll see. We'll see. And I guess that's why I'm most disappointed about this start yeah. and why I'm so irritated, Mr. Mariota, because the great iron of the fact that the Falcons really could be 2 and 0. Because they really should have won the Saints game. They really should have. That was a game that was great. You're up 26 to 10 in the fourth we quarter. Had it. That's a game you should win. And and you were up, I think it was 26 to 18 and had the ball in good field position. That should be a win. And you had a chance to to obliterate all of the negativity around 28 to 3 because they could have come back from 28 to 3 and 1. And instead, I'm now looking at 0 and 2. And have to look at you, put up that screen, and not one W anywhere to be seen. Yeah. But again, it's even not just the season, but with the game. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yes, you want to start strong. But to me, it really speaks volumes if you can finish strong. No doubt. Half time is 0 0. And then the fourth quarter, you go as hard as you possibly can, and you, you, 
you <laughs> demolish the other team. That's that's just how it should be. And and I think too many times with the Falcons, they get the lead, they get ahead, and then they start getting too excited, and then they don't finish. So they just need to finish. If they can start finishing, then you'll start seeing where these these leads will turn into wins. And I definitely think it's possible. And like you mentioned earlier, it is good that we see the Falcons playing better. So that is wonderful to see. I'm very happy with what I am seeing. I, they're actually exceeding my expectations. So hopefully they can start going out there and, and finishing the game and start getting some W's. And I'll let you guys take a look really quickly here uh, how well they played against the Rams. I'm going to take the queen off the screen for a second. But here it is right here. If you guys take a look, um, Stafford, two for 272, but basically was kind of sloppy. Three touchdowns. They had two interceptions. Um, the team only rushed for 65 yards. Only had one sack with the phenomenal Aaron Donald. So the Falcons really played a good enough game to win. But once again, they did not. So the key- say, But they didn't. <laughs> Thank you, Tree. I'm just Thank you. We know, yes, they did. Thank you so much for the shade that just I had to put them on now. Darn it. All right. Before we wrap it up, guys, let's go to social media for a few more comments and we'll close out the broadcast. Let's go hit the social media. And we got fantasy football goat strategy. Actually, Todd says he thinks that Ritter's gonna start this Sunday. Mm, I don't anything's possible. I don't know. He said, Mariota does not, this is football fantasy growth strategy, Mariota does not beat Gino this week and Brissett the next week. He will probably be benched. Um, and let's see here. Yeah, you guys, oh, they themselves predicted, projected this in the preseason that he'd only last for about five games. And H.C. Hardy says, Mariota has the arm, he has the speed and talent, but does not have the mindset when it comes to situational football. Yeah, that's that's my point. I mean, that's point. That's the problem. I mean, it, he plays. I mean, he has played well in stretches for this team. Uh, he's made some good throws. He's made some great runs. But when they really needed him to make a play, it's like he had a brain seizure. I mean, literally, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, sorry, I'm not brain seizure, but it means he's locked up. Yeah, he just, I was about to say. Right. You know, what I mean, it's just like, it's just like suddenly, I don't know whether it was adrenaline, because you know, tree, you know, if you if you can't control adrenaline, nothing good's gonna happen to you on the you field. You shouldn't play sports. <laughs> What you say, Tree? Shouldn't play? <laughs> no, but it's true because, because everything's... If you up. can control adrenaline, you shouldn't play sports because right. it's in every sport you play. Yeah, because there's everything. Your clock speeds up, everything speeds up, and if you can't do that, uh, that's it. So, yeah, hopefully you get it under control. All right, here's an interesting pick here for you. Georgia Techers are still around. H.C. Uh, Hardy says, Ken Wisenhut, a guy who has coached uh, in the NFL, uh, actually a former Georgia Tech player, yeah, for those of you who don't remember, he coached the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a great offensive mind. I, I kind of like that, Brother Hardy. We might have to put a petition out there. You need to send that over to Todd Stansbury. <laughs> send, it, send, it, send something to our athletic director at Georgia Tech. All right, guys, as always, as we get to close out the show, we always like to let you know uh, how you can find out more about who was on the show, how you can follow them on social media, and on the website, and, of course, since it's just me and Tree, we're going to let Miss Dolman take the floor, and the floor is yours. Hello, everyone. I do want to remind everybody that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. 
If you would like to support any organizations, you can support St. Jude Hospital where they do treat childhood cancer with no fee to any parents or the patients. So I just want to put that out there. September's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and brain cancer does affect a lot of our youth. So I'm very passionate about this month as well. You can find me on all social media at It's Latresa, as well as Ms. America International 2022. Thank you for watching. The Queen has spoken. All right, guys, I want to encourage you, as always, to please follow the show. And you'll see it on the screen. You can follow the show at Real Talk Sports, the number seven, anywhere on social media, uh, with the exception of YouTube. YouTube or Real Talk Sports TV. But anywhere else, follow us on social media at Real Talk Sports, the number seven. And, of course, if you do go to our YouTube page, not if, when you go to our YouTube page, remember, bang, hit the little bell, subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. And like I said, remember to follow us anywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports, the number seven. Now, again, the other thing I'd like to mention to you, if, in fact, you have a great sports story, we'd love to have you tell us and talk to us about it. So if you do, you know, a coach, a player is doing something great, especially off the field, uh, something inspiring, hit me up, Simmons at realtalksports.net, or simply give me a call on the cell, 678-410-9833. All right, guys, the minister always wants to remind you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please, man, please, sir, get to know him today. You can see things are wrapping up here uh, on this earth. You got to know the Lord's return is imminent. So remember, why should you do it? Because he loves you and he died for your sins, okay? And when he rose from the dead, he has now these two great things he's offering unto you. Number one, you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And number two, you become an adoptive child of God with all the rights therein. That means you now can go to God as your father, not as like this great creature in the sky, but he's acts like a loving parent, asking for anything that you need or desire, and he'll grant it unto you according to his will. And number two, if and when you die, you go to that happy place called heaven where there's none of the following, no pandemic, no pain. You never get old. You never die. Uh, it's bright and sunny all the time because the glory of God illuminates the whole place. Every building adorned with spectacular jewels you've ever seen. Matter of fact, the streets are paved with gold that's so pure it's translucent. And you avoid that unhappy place called hell where all the things that are in heaven won't be in hell. So there'll be bad people everywhere. It's painful. It's dark. It's dreary. And most of all, you cut off from God, Jesus Christ, and all the people you love forever and a day. I don't know about you, but I like option number one instead of option number two. All right, guys, until the next time we see you again, we want to say, as we always do, God bless you and have a wonderful rest of your day or night. So long.